You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus 2021, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Christmas my true love gave to me Four calling birds Three friends Two turtle doves And a partridge in a pear tree On the fifth day of Christmas My true love gave to me Jimmy's Jimmying. <laughs> Jimmy's. Hello and welcome to the fourth day of the 12 days of Crusademus for 2021. Brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, the 12 days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic book series. Brought to you either by one of our jolly and holly old co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day! Woohoo! It's coming soon! I'm your host for this fourth day of Crusademus, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Chris Kringo. DJ Chris Kratos. DJ Christados Kringle. I can't even say my Christmas name right. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> I don't know. Just an elf on the shelf. Speaking about some elves, let me tell you about the three of the four calling birds that have been joining me for today's unwrapping. Let's go ahead and introduce one of those calling birds. He goes by Weasel Skull. On the first day of Christmas, my true love to me. Anyway, hey, how's everybody doing this Christmas? Oh, Pat, looking good. Devin, looking good. Uh, Death Probe, looking good. And, oh, who's this man over here? Who we got? What? What's your name, sir? I'm Aaron. Good to see you. What was it before you changed it? Rest in peace, Sean. We love you. Uh, anyway, you guys never let <laughs> me p- participate. I read this comic, and I have something to say. I'm going to say it before you guys get going. So here it is. Jimmy. Jimmy, you don't want to mess with no fake red hair. You want the real thing, baby. You want to make sure the colors and the cuffs match. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Come on. Come if it on. doesn't, it's not a deal breaker. <laughs> Come on, Jimmy. You got fire. I got fire. That's making inferno, baby. Come on. All right. That's what I got to say. Good All right, Mary Jane. All right. All right. right. The weather outside is right. 
All right. Well, let's you go ahead and see. my spot, man. I never get to say anything. No. <laughs> Don't let her in. You're the one that leaves the door open and the last one in all the time. I can't help it. She picks the locks. I, I don't know. I don't know where she learns these skills, Pat. But we've sure, been. She must have got them from Sean. Must have. With his bondiness. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on over to the next person in the comfy love chair, cuddled together next to another, is Jared Albrick, the Death Probe. I bring a Christmas joke for you all. So Gingerbread Man goes to the doctor. Gingerbread Man says, Doc, my, my knee is just, it just aches all the time. Doctor says, have you tried icing it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody laughed, darn it. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Delvin. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Uh, it, Did I miss the punchline? genuine line? response. <laughs> he's trying icing it because he's a cookie. He's oh. Icing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was the punchline. Ah. What, oh, what's you, the, wouldn't you want to have milk with him? <laughs> he had acid, Pat. He's a cookie. <laughs> Thanks, Mary Jane. Thank you. And now I understand it now. Don't eat all those cookies, too, now that we're talking about cookies. I got done baking. Wait, I specifically told Aaron to bring cookies to this, by the way. Did you bring cookies? Oh, you should what? be getting them at FedEx tomorrow. Oh, on oh, day five okay. of Crusamus, they should show up. <laughs> Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a little bit longer to get here. That's what it takes. Five of Aaron's cookies. He must have got them off the uh, the web. So about hey, speaking about the web, let's go ahead and see how our very own dark web is doing. Kelvin, the dark web, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Merry Christmas, Pat. Merry Christmas. I'm feeling festive, so I I'm gonna help you decorate. I'm gonna put some garland around the tree. <gasps> Here's a copy of the Wizard of Oz. Here's a Star is Born. Oh. Here's Meet Me in St. Louis. Hmm. <laughs> He's Googled this. He's clearly... Here's Judgment at Nuremberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come He's on, not, Billy. You don't know He's these looking movies. down. You can see him looking. <laughs> what? This is Garland. What are you guys talking about? Are you sure you didn't go up to the attic and get him from... That's, uh, that's Judy Garland. But Folks, you're what? watching this bit in real time. Huh? What? Uh, uh, you know, I tried to help. I tried. I did. You know, I'm out. That's it. Fine. I'm sitting over here. Do your decorating yourself, Pat. Fine. Whatever. I have been for the last four or five years now. Oh, I, tried, I just tried to help. You know? I, I appreciate it, though. Doug. Almost had one, Pat. Yeah, almost. Almost. Okay. almost. Man, I'll get one one day. One of these days, the sun's going to shine on me. But in the meantime, maybe we can talk our guests into helping me. So let's go ahead and find out. Joining us today around the fireplace with hot cocoa in hand is Aaron Bossig from the Hungry Try Low Bite podcast. I had to say that slowly because you know me with words. I cannot say things quickly. Well, welcome, Aaron. We are glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Awesome. Hey, what do you got uh, kind of gift wrapped in that stocking of yours? Well, as you heard in the singing intro, today is for Jimmy's Jimmying, which means today we're unwrapping Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number 82, from 1965 by DC Comics. Now, to give you a little bit of a background on this, the Jimmy Olsen comic book was published about two years after the TV show started. A lot of people are familiar with the TV show from the 50s. This was a direct product of that. All right. Would you like to tell us some of the reasons why you like this book? Yes, I would. When you look at this, you're looking at 
basically creating the character of Jimmy Olsen right in front of you. And in fact, a lot of the Superman mythos is being created right here. We think of it as this thing that we've had around for a million years, but when you read these comics and look at that show, a lot of it's getting pieced together in front of your eyes. You're seeing things like the rapport he has with his fellow reporters, a lot of his identity as Clark Kent starts to come together and stuff like this. And it's also the weird 60s fun that you'll find in this kind of comic that you just don't see today. Have you guys read any Jimmy Olsen comics before? Start with you, Jason. You know, I'm sure that I have growing up, uh, but, you know, it hasn't been a regular part of my collection. And uh, so this is pretty much new to me. Fair enough. Pat? No, I haven't read any uh, Jimmy Olsen or uh, Superman's Pale Jimmy Olsen. So first time for me. Okay, let's go with Jared. No, first time, man. Uh, when you pitched this to me initially, I was definitely interested because you had a lot of passion for it. I think it was you who mentioned this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ed. But mm-hmm. didn't you see, like you said, this spun out of like the 50s TV show with George Reed. And yes. well, I think it was you who told me that Jimmy Olsen was going to get his own show. But the actor himself said, no, I don't, I'm not doing this without George because he, so, he was so popular at the time. Yes. Uh, what you have to think of is the show started in 19... 19- 52. The comic started in 1954. So within the span of two years, they said this character needs his own comic. That's And uh, before uh, this, nice. there had been actors who had played Jimmy Olsen, but there was not really the public recognition that this was an important character in the show. The actor of Jack Larson made Jimmy Olsen who he was today, much in the same way that Adam West put Batman on the map, even though there had been Batman before him. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. But no, sorry, go back and answer your question. First time I've ever read one. I'm excited to do it. All right, all right. And Delvin? Yeah, much like the rest of the crew, this should be, this is a first for me. I don't recall ever reading uh, a Jimmy Olsen comic. Okay, maybe before we go on, have any of you read any of the 60s uh, Superman comics that weren't tied to the Superman character centrally, like the Lois Lane or the Superman family? That's getting nose all around? I have not. No. Nope. Okay. Okay. No. Nope. Okay. Then we'll, just to give a quick glance at this issue, this is actually a collection of three stories, which are very different, but they all kind of are typical of the stories you see at the time. They have a little bit of Jimmy being a crime fighter, a little bit of Jimmy personal life, a little bit of Jimmy's love life, which is a kind of a scary subject at times. But for example, he has one story where he finds a pair of magic gloves that lets him do all sorts of amazing things. And another ish story where he's trying to marry his girlfriend, Lucy Lane, and there's a, a bit of an identity mishap, which is actually kind of bizarre, even at the time. And you'll have the story at the end, where Jimmy gets a magic, uh, a scientific formula that makes him as strong as Superman and challenges Superman to a wrestling match. What you'll see is you're not always going to have Superman even being an important character in the story, which is why these kinds of comics are so neat, because we don't often see comics that don't have the spandex character front and center. With that said, Jared, what did you think of it? Well, at first I was apprehensive because I saw the page count and I was like, wow, that's a lot of page count. But wow. you know what? Wow! But we really encourage extra page count here as long as it's not Delvin. Uh, and so I saw that and I saw the three stories and I went, oh, it's going to be 60s stories and it's going to be rough to get through and I'm going to end up hating Aaron by the end of this. And but I, I read the first one. I was like, okay, that was a little, that was a little charming. It, it kind of gave me that almost Archie Comics vibe from back in the day. And then the second story came, and it was the greatest thing I have ever read in DC Comics history. It was so wacky and so zany, 
that it was basically that song Escape, a.k.a. the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes in comic book form. I was thinking that the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was a hoot. And then the last one was all right, you know, with the whole doctor who kind of was breaking up because he couldn't get any of his formulas to work and, and how that all played out. But to me, the real gem was story number two. I just laughed and laughed and I thought, oh, this is a hoot. And I really, really enjoyed it. With that, I'll pass it to... Hey, Jared, before you pass it, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I checked in with our statistician, uh, Laura Mountflower, and she uh-huh. says extra page counts aren't allowed. Uh, for Delvin? Yes, for Delvin. She said right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, she's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get her to respond to you every time? It blows me off. Well, I am the founder. <laughs> Let's see what Delvin thinks. Go ahead, Delvin. Couple of notes. First of all, Jared, ridiculous. Like you and like everyone that participated in that bit about me, way out of line. I just have to mention that. Second, Laurel does not work for us. She is, she is not our statistician. So <sighs> just have to add that. Now, let's talk about the comic book at hand. So I had thoughts about Jimmy Olsen and like before I even cracked open the book, I was kind of like, why did there need to be so many Jimmy Olsen comic books? This is kind of, I don't know, needless. Like what's, what's the point? You got Superman. Why, why would you need a comic book about Jimmy Olsen? So I, I read it and believe it or not, that didn't jade me or anything coming into the book. And when I started reading it, I, I agree with, with Jared 100%. It did have an Archie Comics feel. And I kind of did get the appeal of why there would be a comic book Jimmy Olsen in it. Because you could put him in all sorts of zany adventures that you could never put Superman into. Because Jimmy Olsen's just a regular old dude. You could put him through nearly the same beats as you can Superman. Throw out all superheroes, throw any slice of life plus a little bit of wackiness in there and you can have a Jimmy Olsen story and you can do a whole heck of a lot of those stories. So I get the point at the end of it. I like the um, whole one with the starting, you know, he had the gloves and he sort of was kind of losing control until his girlfriend got him back. And the second story was really good. And the third one where the guy was impersonating Superman. So at the end of it, I at least left with an appreciation of why there would be a Jimmy Olsen comic book and why it would have an appeal back in the 60s because it was very popcorn and you could pick it up and you can check it out anytime that you wanted to and and put it down and without having, you know, all this heaviness and gravity or anything like that. So it was enjoyable. I liked it. And with that, uh, Pat, what do you think, man? Well, you know, Devin, I think I've been feeling the same way while like you guys were when I'm like, wow, there, there's 80 some or, or more of these Jimmy Olsen issues and I couldn't believe it you know I'm like well let's see how this goes you know I've, I've never read one I want to figure this out and I was kind of trepidatious or so to say and I was like oh man I mean you know and I thought to myself hey I shouldn't write off Jimmy just out yet you know I kept thinking to myself it's only in my head and I didn't want Jimmy to feel left out so or you know hopefully he didn't look down upon himself so I just said you know what it's just going to take some time I'm going to read through this little by little and I'll get through it. So I did. And so that first issue was kind of, uh, you know, it was all right with the magic hands and all that. I think it kind of went by too fast. And Jimmy was just so outgoing and all that. It's like, come on, Jimmy, you should have read that last part of it. Then the second one was pretty funny, I thought, because they were both playing off of each other there. And I'm like, really? You can't tell that it's so-and-so? And 
where does Jimmy get this disguise box? Has How long has Jimmy had this box of disguises that he just carries around in his trunk and everywhere? Are you saying you don't have a disguise box, Pat? No. Should I've I? got an extra. Do you want, want an extra one of mine? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you also, are, are you saying that, like, you wouldn't be fooled by disguise? I mean, Jason puts on a wig, and we think it's Mary Jane all the time. Well, <laughs> it's me, baby! <laughs> oh, sorry, Mary Jane. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have ahead. been known to get duped by some of the Holmes episodes where he put on a beard and all that, and I got duped by that, so, well, you know, it wouldn't be me. And the third issue, I'm calling it an issue, but the third story in the issue was all right. I didn't think too much of that one that so much well because it was, eh. By the time I got to the third one, I'm like, man, okay, this is going to get over pretty soon. You made up your mind. Yeah. What I did like, though, and it brought me back, and I'm glad you mentioned it, what Jimmy was kind of based off of, the Jorvis series, Jimmy. And so I was trying to picture, man, this Jimmy looks familiar to me. And, like, the way he's talking and the wackiness and, and golly gee and all this stuff. There was all of that sayings that were in here, too. I would just found myself laughing and just thinking about the way they were talking in this issue. I'm like, oh, man, nobody says the kind of words anymore or stuff like that. And I, I, that kind of brought some smiles to my face as well, too. So, And you can definitely get that vibe. They're definitely trying to parrot what Jack Larson would have been doing on the show. And think of it this way. Yeah. Even though this is before the 60s Batman Jimmy was essentially the Robin to Superman because mm-hmm, he, Superman yeah. didn't have a sidekick. So this was the way of having the kid you could relate to be part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you this was the 82nd issue. There were actually 163. This comic ran wow. through the early 70s. Wow. Yeah. On a monthly basis? I think it was monthly for at least most of its run. Wow. I, I like to separate this comic into about three different phases. You first have the... Superman TV show years where they're really closely working with that audience. And then after that, you have a period where you just have this generic 60s weird comic, which is wonderful in its own right. But at the very end, when you get into the late or the early 70s, Jack Kirby got heavily involved in it. And this is a very forgotten part of his career. So you'll actually find that a lot of Kirbyisms come into late Jimmy Olsen. In fact, the first appearance of Darkseid is one of the last issues of Jimmy Olsen. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. I would that have to say... Interesting. What, I would have to say what I found also interesting in here is these three little stories, they told it pretty well within the little stories, how they cut the scenes and did all that. I thought it went pretty well, and you didn't have to show me too much dragged out. It just got right to the points that it needed to get to, and it worked out pretty good. I picked this issue because it has the three-story format. There are issues where they only have two stories or just one standard story, and I tend to like those because I think they they play with the world a little bit more. But to give somebody an introduction, the three little ones works well. Very good. I'll pass it over to Jason. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I guess my first thought when I was reading this book is it really takes you back to a time that I kind of miss in comic books where – these kind of issues, these titles were given room and space to breathe. I can't imagine that this comic was ever as popular as Superman or Action Comics, but it obviously had a fan base. And DC was loyal enough to that fan base to let this thing run for 100 plus issues, right? Nowadays, 
if you get a new title, if you're lucky enough to get a new title and you're not a hit out of the gate, you're done after six issues. And I was like, they don't care where you are. They're going to pull the plug. Agreed. So that was kind of my first thought. This is really harkens back to a good time in comics for me that I kind of miss. Then diving into the individual stories a little bit. The first issue, the thing that stood out to me was Lucy Lane. I didn't even know Lucy Lane was a character, to be honest. But I was really interested in her right away. And I liked how she really kind of took it upon herself to dig into this mystery of the gloves a little bit more. You know, he's like, ah, oh, these gloves are going to cause me to murder you and choke you. And she's just like, no, they ain't. She busts that face over his head. She had no problem knocking him <laughs> out. She just knocked his red <laughs> out. And then, then she's putting the gloves into the fire. So I was like, wow, that's a that's an impressive, uh, impressive lady there. So that was my impression of the first one. Second one, I was right there with my brother. As soon as I was reading it, I was... I'm in the song to escape I was tired <laughs> Me and my lady We've been, been together, together too long <laughs> Yes <laughs> And then I, I was like Holy cow There's just a bunch of crazy antics going on With him disguising himself in that beard And then he makes a beard too long And he steps on the beard <laughs> and reveals no <laughs> I was rolling So that I think that was my favorite one of the three and then the third one I thought was interesting because that's the only one where they actually brought Superman into the comic. And uh, I like how Superman was kind of ham-handed, but in a way, you know, he cares about the scientists enough to realize this scientist is losing his mind because none of his inventions work. So, you know, come up with a way to help him regain his sanity there at the end. So all three of these kind of had a little unique flavor to it that I can honestly say I enjoyed. And it was a little little bit surprising for me. You know, I applaud you, Aaron, for bringing this book to the show. That's, uh, you know, that's not one I ever would have thought of in a million years. And I really appreciate you doing it. So, Well, I I love to have the chance to talk about it. Thank you. I want to pull a pat and ask Aaron a question real quick. Aaron, you are about the same age as all of us. Mm-hmm. So this book would have been before your time of collecting. What drew you to this universe? What got you to Jimmy Olsen? Because when I told you about Crusades, you were like, no hesitation. You're like, Jimmy M. Effing Olsen. And I, I just I got to know what got you here. Well, OK, fair enough. I mean, I have been a comic fan as far as I can remember. So liking comic books wasn't a stretch for me. The difference was I remember getting into Superman for the first time. Watching it, watching the original Superman show with George Reeves, watching the movies with Christopher Reeve, and I would watch them with my dad, who had seen those. This was his generation. This was his material. So he's like, this Jimmy Olsen's a pretty funny guy. He was always doing stupid stuff. He liked the lat. He was the comic relief character. So it was like, you know, when you're six years old and you know the guy's going to do something stupid, you're like, oh, hey, this is going to be funny. And so... When I start collecting comic books a few years later, I guess I'm about 10 or 11, I go to comic book stores and I see a comic book that's just Jimmy Olsen. And this blows my mind because it's like I go to the supermarket and there's like Flash and Batman and Spider-Man. They're the heroes. You don't make comic books about side characters. You don't make comic books about the funny characters. But here it was. And like, I'm going to buy that. And then... (laughs) Granted, it, it it was a couple bucks. I mean, it's probably like 20 bucks or something in early 90s money. So I, I definitely had to make that purchase. But I decided this is this is pretty cool. I want to keep buying them. So this is the one series that if I could have the full run of it, I would do it. That's super cool, man. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Glad to. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And, I mean, I found a lot of fun in 1960s comics, but there's nothing like Jimmy Olsen to me. Now it's time to rate your interest in the series using the official Crusade Miss Candy Cane Stale. On a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all, how many candy canes would you give your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? Let's start with Delvin. Jason brought up a really good point about just where we are in comic books right now. And I st- I'm still an active comic book collector, but the comic books have gone the way of kind of like the music industry. Music industry doesn't put anything out on radio unless it's going to sell like a million units. And so they're cultivating acts and making sure that these acts are, you know, oops, I've accidentally sung this song on TikTok. Oh, it's super popular. They're cultivating it the whole way. And comic books are kind of very similar now. So stuff like Jimmy Olsen falls by the wayside. And I also am appreciative that you brought this because I don't know if I ever would have read it or had thought to read it or had the opportunity to read it. So like, I'm at an eight on it and I'm going to also take from Jason and your, your enthusiasm and love for it bumps it up to a nine to me because I really do appreciate that you have a love for or an era that is bygone, but absolutely should not be forgotten because it reminds me of when I was collecting comic books, when I started in the late 80s, and at first I was, you know, collecting Transformers, but I also picked up an Archie comic every now and again, too. And so this definitely had the familiar feel of that. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. How about Jason? Yeah, I'm kind of mulling it over in my head with the old candy cane scale, humor, heart, spectacle, and art. I think with the humor, we've got to give it a full three. I laughed out loud several times reading the book. So three for me there. Heart, I think there definitely was some elements of heart in there. And like I said, just the heart of the company giving this book such a, a such long legs itself. I'll give that a two. Spectacle, uh, you know, it's not really a spectacle book so much as it relies on, on the humor. So that's got a one for me. Art's actually fairly decent, though. I mean, I thought the panels were all laid out beautifully. Um, the artists obviously took pride in their work. So that'll be a two. So that brings me to three, five, seven, eight. And like Delvin, your enthusiasm for the book is going to bring me up to a nine. So nine candy canes for me. I'll take that as a compliment. Pat? Ooh, boy, I'm proud to be the stinker on this one. I really kind of see what they were going here with um, and bringing in that old vibe to this, which, well, because it was an old vibe, but just didn't really feel it for me on this one. And maybe I'm just a child of the late 70s, 80s kind of guy, so I kind of like that stuff, and I've never read read a lot of this older stuff, so it just didn't gel with me too much. But I'm glad what you did, Aaron, was bring in the explanation of what it was, because that helped me understand the art that I was seeing and who they were trying to image and, and go after. So I'm glad you did that and kind of give us a little more backstory about how this comic came about. I'm going to give it a seven. And I will come in and give it... Uh, I'm, I'm feeling the nine, like everybody else. I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a pretty good score. Uh, I don't collect a lot of stuff that goes back beyond the 70, so it would be a bit of a stretch for me to go back into this. But I tell you, if, if I saw it in a bin, I'd probably pull it out. So I, I'm giving it a nine, and I appreciate it. This is also... I. I might be going against my self-interest in saying this, but most of the issues, except the very early ones, are somewhat affordable. I usually get well under 30 per, so best luck Aaron, to you. Do you have a whole collection of this? I have about 10 or 12 issues. Okay. I was going to say, because you sounded like you were wanting to get into this and 
was wondering if you had like how big your collection was of it. Yeah, um, it's like I said, it's I'm a little bit pickier on condition than maybe I should be for a comic oh. this old. So what I about I, like I are they in trades? Nope, just the original comics. Oh wow! Um, so I said I I pass by more than I probably should, but you know I try to get a deal like everybody else. So if I were to give one recommendation for this series, I would definitely say try to find something about it or try to approach a comic that would be already gelling with your current taste. Like if you're really into, you know, the high end comics, go for the Jack Kirby issues. If you like the silliness, go for the the earlier Archie comics type issues. I mean, there this is one of those comics where there is something for everybody. So try to look for a story that would be something you'd want to read anyway. Yeah, these are obviously pretty fun, and you can see where there would be a uh, opportunity to have many different kind of styles of different stories. And so if you're a creator, you know, you could just kind of test drive your wildest, crazy ideas from like, hey, magic gloves to magic potions. I, I think the fact that it was such a, it wasn't one of their, their flagship titles, uh, it wasn't the Superman, it wasn't the Batman, it gave them some freedom to just try to play with some weird storytelling ideas. Like I said, the character was popular, but they knew that kids were probably going to grab the Superman and Batman first. Well, thank you so much for bringing this, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that'll wrap up for day four of the 12 Days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of these comics we cover here on the show, or if you want to give one of the recommendations a try. Let us know what you think about it. And if there are some Jimmy Olsen fans out there, yeah, let us know. Is it something that I should be reading more of? Are there particular ones that we should be checking out? Let me know. You can do that by getting to us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade, or on the email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year or just want to hear more of Crusademus, if you scroll all the way back, far enough back on the feed, you can find all the episodes from Crusademus past 2020, 2019, 2018, and even the beginning of Crusademus 2017. Wow, can you believe it? Thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here at the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Christatos play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Wicked, 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 wicked.
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Joining us for Around the Fireplace is Aaron. Is it? I guess I'm not really good at your last name, so. It's how it looks, Bossig. Bossig? Okay. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> he told Pat it's how it looks. <laughs> yeah, Pat, Pat can't read. I don't know. You know me. All right. <laughs> Go on, man. Just a note. I actually spelled it out phonetically for him in the script. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasters helping podcasters. There yeah. you go. I that's, love this because I love him. Because right I love him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's why I'll give you a pass and not helping with the Christmas decorations. Woo! For the you next help. 10 years. You help me with my words. Sprinkles! If I could give you one last recommendation for this series, like I said. Oh, hold uh, on, Aaron. Okay. Gotta do the uh, candy cane ratings. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped over huh? that. You are fine. Pat, you're, you're the you're, worst host of Crusade. <laughs> letting him read I'm, the yellow. Yeah, at least one. he's busy decorating the tree and trying to host the show. Can I please get that on a little cup that I can put on my shelf? Because that would be great. 